point that we started signing up the first paid customer that was the time then we realized oh wow you know this is uh, this is this is uh, this is happening uh, so initially for the first 3 months first one quarter we actually worked with some of the funds more in terms of helping with uh, the key Uh, the key module, the key data modules, for instance, the sector scan, etc., that we were working with, but we were not charging money from them. And the moment when we actually, you know, started charging, and they were very happy to pay, that is when we realized, okay, wow, you know, we are adding more uh, value than the than what they are paying for. Hi, welcome to Forbes India's The Daily Tech Conversation, where we bring you insights from tech entrepreneurs, CXOs, and investors from around the world whose work has a bearing on India. I'm Hari Arakli, and my guests today are Neha Singh and Abhishek Goel, co-founders of Traction Technologies, which over the last eight odd years has become a sought-after provider of private market intelligence to investment firms and corporate business customers in 50 countries. In this episode, Neha and Abhishek talk about the counterintuitive play in starting Traction in the U.S. but then shifting base to India. They also talk about the longer-term aspiration for Traction, which they expect to take public as well. Neha Abhishek, welcome to this podcast. Thank you so much for making time for this. Really looking forward to this. And like I was telling you offline, uh, you guys are so well known in the uh, startup world in India. It was a little difficult to find some interesting questions to ask you all, but uh, still, uh, for our audience, maybe you all could start with a very brief background as about yourselves and and then talk about how you all met a little bit, and then then we'll go from there. Sure. Thanks. Firstly, for having us. You know, excited to be here. Uh, to give you a brief background about myself, I am Neha, one of the co-founders of Traction. Um, brief background about myself: I am uh, born and brought up in uh, in Bombay. Uh, I did my undergrad from IIT Bombay. Initially worked in uh, consulting, BCG, and then uh, uh, venture capital fund Sequoia Capital, uh, broadly investing in technology space in uh, in India. and then i moved to stanford for my mba and that is where we also started traction so the initial idea of traction was that uh, you know private markets are becoming large important and if you look at public markets you have platforms like a bloomberg refinitiv uh, capital iq which exist whereas in the private market you are li- literally building the whole stack yourself so we really wished that a platform like this existed and that is how you know traction was born in 2013 Hi, Kari. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, quick background about myself: I am uh, born and brought up in Jodhpur, uh, Rajasthan, part of a Marwadi family. Uh, then went to IIT Kanpur, did my computer science there, and started my career in tech. Started with Yahoo and then worked with Amazon. Yahoo was like a crash course of internet. That was the largest internet company at that time. And uh, in in Amazon, this was the time when Amazon launched uh, cloud services for the first time. And uh, Uh, this was also the time when everybody thought that was the worst idea on the world mm. and so early days in my career i saw disruption happening yahoo went from being the largest company to not existing or struggling for their survival and then amazon launching a great idea and then getting ridiculed publicly about it so even largest of the ideas can be misunderstood in their times uh, that was something i saw this whole technology thing i saw in very early days of my career then i became i joined excel partners in their uh, early stage investing team my claim to fame is uh, i helped them lead the seed round in flipkart and after that uh, so this was 3 years 2008 to 10 and then i wanted to leave and uh, become a founder 
and uh, so in 2011 i started urban touch and in 2013 me and neha started traction together and 2011 to 13 was also period when i did my first angel in the check uh, which was in delivery so i had incredible beginners luck as an investor and um, the me and neha got connected in 2010 i think uh, i was at excel and neha was uh, looking to join uh, venture capital from and consulting job and uh, one of my uh, colleagues from or one of my contemporaries from IIT Kanpur was in Neha's team and he connected us so we spoke briefly about which fund to join and that started sort of uh, we had a shared interest we were both programmers turned investors and we thought we both invest in tech and we hardly use technology to do our jobs mm. and we thought a lot of things that we were doing were sort of repetitive and we could do it centrally and make everybody's life easier that was the starting point mm. so we wished a platform like Traction existed when we were doing our jobs that was genesis and that interest grew over time Neha first started working on this idea alone. I think this was 2012 when um, she was leaving Sequoia to join Stanford, to go to Stanford for her MBA. So in the first two months, she sort of uh, scraped her way to building an initial version of Traction. And then we got a lot of feedback that Valley is the real market for this business. So actually Neha thought of going to Stanford and then starting that business there. In 2013, I got free. So we started, uh, we joined hands and then formally launched this company. And um, that is a brief history of story about how we mm-hmm. got started. Mm-hmm. Very few people know that we actually got like incubated in Lightspeed US office. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the f- uh, key partners there, Barry Eggers, was our mentor. And he sort of with him, we brainstormed on how to uh, get into this market. And we eventually launched our first product with their sort of uh, mentorship. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I know it's really interesting. A lot of... Um I mean, today, like the playbook is the SaaS company start in India and then quickly establish a base in the US. For you guys, what uh, what worked in terms of uh, moving base to India? I mean, was it like the IT companies where it's obviously cheaper to have talent here? I mean, I know you have a lot of, you have like a 600, 700 plus team now. Uh, was that it? Or uh, was it also other factors? Right. So we actually did the other way around. We actually started first in US yeah. because that was the core market. If you're working with private market investors, BCPE, Cobb Devs, uh, you know, all our initial customer were like in a 10 mile vicinity of Stanford campus. Uh, so that's the first market that we started off. And uh, we had actually registered a company initially. We thought that, you know, we'll just launch the company there, build over there. Uh, in the first few months, we realized that to build this, we actually don't need not just a tech platform, but people actually need very good quality enterprise grade data for making business decisions. And for that, it also required us to have a team of analysts uh, to be able to build sort of very curated uh, sort of data, which is actionable, uh, you know, uh, actionable for people. And uh, that is when we actually decided to come back to India and start building the team over here. So then we actually incorporated the company over here. We started hiring the team over here. And uh, so we, uh, you know, know, we then started building the whole stack over here. I still spent the first four years in the Bay Area while Abhishek was there in India building the team over here. And I used to do more sales initially. Uh, So, uh, and now our setup is, uh, you know, completely India. Now we have a nearly 800 member team, uh, entirely based out of India. So we are a, a you know, good example of made in India for the world. Uh, we have customers in 50 different countries, a bulk of our revenues outside India, which, you know, another thing which people don't actually realize. 
um but our entire team is actually based out of india so it's actually a very good example of you know you can make in india and sell to enterprises globally mm-hmm. and so i'm going to ask you about what each of you do you i think briefly talk about the sales today what's like the division of labor between the two of you I think initially it was more around um I was looking at uh, distribution and Abhishek was looking at uh the whole offering stack. Uh right now we have a good leadership team. So right now we are on the eighth year of the company. So you know there's good leadership team which is there there. So right now we have to spend a lot more time in uh in uh strategy for the different business units or strategy for the different functions. uh as well as uh, the other thing which is also there uh, you know right now we are also on the process of listing so there's fair bit of ex- uh, work which is involved uh with the external stakeholders so i think right now you know we have uh, thankfully right now we can actually spend more time in working across the departments uh, for more longer term strategy can you uh, talk about uh, when you started uh, traction what was the idea i mean i know uh, that folks generally know that uh, you all wanted to uh, take away the manual repetitive work of uh, uh, you know investigating and studying prospects uh, for your customers but uh, maybe you could talk about what your first product was and today how that has changed or evolved into maybe a broader platform what you want to do in the future so um, when we were starting this is a vertical software so you couldn't build there are tons of options in which you can enter this market and you can build one of the offerings while we were doing initial research we realized that we wanted to start with something which is a high price point product uh, if we started with crm it could have been let's say a 30 dollar per month per user pricing and uh, it would have taken us a long while and lot of effort to actually grow to a, let's say 1000 dollars per user per month pricing eventually so we were looking for a module which is high use case as well as high price point so when we were talking to our customers we realized that sector based sourcing was one of the products for which there was lot more budget mm-hmm. so we started with covering companies by sectors so cyber security was actually the first sector because uh, very used to look at cyber security personally and he was very uh, excited about that market so we started discovering new companies and we started publishing these companies for them mm-hmm. and at some stage we realized or we got a feedback from our customers saying that oh you guys are discovering really interesting companies and we would love to keep getting this feed on regular basis now so at that stage we converted that into the first product and start launching it so i think uh, when you're launching you have to figure out what is your end state pricing and you should build a product or we should pick up a module which is somewhat closer to it because it's easier to grow from 500 dollars per user to 1000 dollars per user then to grow from 30 dollars a month to 500 dollars a month mm-hmm. and that was one of the key things and uh, that is how we started and eventually as we grew we kept launching more and more offering for our customers and uh, command more mind share without having to incrementally charge a lot more for new modules so that was one of our strategies that worked really well for us mm-hmm. and uh, we were very, we were quite cognizant about what kind of skill sets that are required and what kind of uh, distribution that is required so we had a balanced approach initially we wanted to be in us as well as in india so we did that balancing and once we realized that it's working we sort of completely moved our base to india and just to add to that there was also based on the problems that we had seen while working as private market investors to give you an example you know if you look at public markets there are about 50000 companies and you know the universe that you're talking about you're talking you know you, you know you know the companies which are your consideration set in the private market actually this problem is multifold so firstly your consideration set is like a few hundred thousand companies and you actually don't know about you know who's uh, what are the companies you're discovering new companies every day uh, you talk to a colleague or you 
you talk to you know your classmate what are the other classmates is there any startup in your in your cohort or you look at job boards you see new companies uh hiring their first engineers or you look at domain regist- registrations or you hear about a new service which got launched so even to find out what is a consideration set is non obvious for private market right the next problem is that if you're looking at one company uh, and uh, this company say for instance having a global product to figure out you know who else does the same thing globally that's non trivial so we used to actually spend a lot of effort in in building this for instance you know we would actually talk to uh, our batchmates to just find out okay is there a startup that you really like in your network just to find out new interesting companies uh, to actually understand which markets have become larger we would actually either talk to people in US or in China and figure out okay you know what are things which have become large in US within say a particular sector like e-commerce uh, right and so this was obviously very inefficient uh, you know ideally that data should be available to me if i am an investor if i am making sort of business critical decisions and uh, so that was you know also born the first version of it was also born as a need of uh, finding out companies as well as you know when you're looking at companies evaluating the landscape you're both techies uh, computer science background and so on uh, so tell us a bit about uh, you know how you uh, kind of planned the way you would use technology uh, and and today of course everyone is interested in the use of machine learning and ai and maybe if there are applications of such technologies in your work uh, we can give us a flavor of how it's being applied in traction for sure so technology is one of the key pillars on which our whole data platform is built and in fact actually this is uh, not very well known but the first version i had actually coded myself so i am a com science undergrad but obviously after graduation i did not have to code uh, but when i started uh, building this for my own use i had actually you know started coding so the first version was coded by me after you know four years of uh, graduation and me l- like relearning coding uh so coming back to it like i think tech is one of the key components of building this because you're talking about huge amount of data uh you're talking about for to give you example at the back end we track more than half a billion entities and multiple data points within them which helps us mine whatever interesting startups are coming globally you know every day uh this problem is obviously magnified because of the fact that we track startups globally uh not just in a particular country so that is why you are looking at huge data sets uh, another good interesting fact which is also uh, lesser known is that our uh, cloud bill is more than our rental so we have a building in bangalore uh, you know which is uh, probably cl- more than 400 seater uh, but our rent for that is lesser than what we pay for the cloud hosting because you're working on huge amount of data uh, so that is just a testimony of the fact that you know data and technology is one of the key components for us to be able to mine uh, signals of private companies globally for us to be able to mine interesting companies every day mm. and uh, as an extension uh, are there ways in which you've developed your technology to uh, to be this what folks call the moat in the startup world uh, maybe you can give us a sense of uh, the ways in which it's really hard for competitors to beat traction because of what you so done. i think uh, one of the big part of ip that we own today is we have an engine which uh, sort of recommends which company should we be covering next so mm-hmm. all these companies so our engine actually monitors all kind of signals about these companies and Uh, based on the past data we have been the system can then predict that what is the most likely going to be a next interesting companies mm-hmm. and that is one of the the core ips that we have built over time uh, 
and uh, i think that's what differentiates from all other startup uh, coverage or research companies that exist mm-hmm. nobody else had invested so much on uh, using a system to discover interesting companies so that is a core of uh, what we are built today so from your customers point of view i mean for a lay person uh, i know like me it seems like it gives them the advantage of maybe being able to invest ahead of competitors i mean so because of some of these uh, capabilities that you have developed we can give some examples of some really unique uh, ways in which your customers can use your uh, maybe it's a platform today compared with when you started right so to give you example so our customers are essentially private market investors which are vcpes or large corporates uh, to give you few examples for instance if i am an investor i want to invest in southeast asia uh, fintech i need to be looking at new companies which are coming in that region every day so our platform helps to bubble up companies uh, in a very curated manner uh, which is in your investment mandate every day so that is one uh, second use case is that you know a company comes to you which is in cross browser testing and you want to evaluate how this company you know who else exists in that market should i invest in this company or not now you have to map you know who else exists in that cross browser testing market globally uh so we help to do that very very effortlessly because our analysts have already worked on that sector so even if there are you know like 50 plus companies you will have them curated stacked you know on the platform in one click that's uh, another example third example is that if i want to um if i am a bank and i want to look at within uh, within fintech what are all the nodes which are coming up which are becoming large globally which i should care about mm-hmm. be it say open banking as an api be it discount broking platforms uh be it uh buy now pay later as a model so what is actually what models are scaling within fintech globally uh can someone help bubble that up so that i can take a more informed call of whether this is a market that i want to enter or i want to partner with a player within that mm-hmm. and today uh, can you sort of just think a lot about uh, where traxen is headed uh what are sort of the most important opportunities that you are like really excited about uh and therefore I mean, what are the ways in which you need to prepare and so on so maybe and i guess talk about your own vision for the future of uh traction uh so traction we want to build what a platform like bloomberg has done for the public markets mm-hmm. we want to build a similar sort of platform for the private markets mm-hmm. today if you look at it private market aum is 6 trillion dollars it is growing much faster than the public market aum mm-hmm. so it's a large sizable market which people are investing in people and a, a large set of like more than a more than 2 trillion dollars got invested in private companies last year so it's a sizable market which is there and we want to build a platform for anyone who's investing or acquiring companies in this market to be able to do their job much more efficiently mm, mm, mm. Look, i was just thinking maybe i'm wrong i mean the the opportunities that are out there may not necessarily completely sort of match with your vision for where you want to take uh, traction i'm not sure if the question makes sense but i'm just thinking aloud uh, you may have had a certain uh, you know vision for what you want to so i'm just wondering if you thought along those lines and no so i think when we started we obviously started with a a simple thought that whenever a company writes to me i have to find comps of that company can we sort of automate it for everybody and every company so it started with a small feature idea 
and then eventually it grew into what we said ki sector based discovery is the meatiest product in that market and we should enter with that uh, then it evolved into saying that oh this is not just relevant for vcs it is also relevant to uh, accelerators it is also relevant to private equity investment banks and then over time we discovered that a lot of large corporates not just in india from outside somebody from korea signed up and their m&a teams innovation teams technology offices signed up and they that data was also relevant for them so we continuously every year we discovered more customer segments and more needs from them and we evolved ourselves with that mm-hmm. so it is very hard to say that uh, 10 years back we exactly thought this will be we had a vague idea that this can become very large but we discovered uh, more customer segments what else can we do as as a product over time so that is consistently evolved and every year is a new learning every day is a new learning we discover more cases which we can solve so i think as a founder you have a vision you start with that but i think you have to quickly evolve with what customers want from you mm-hmm. uh, because if you don't evolve then there is an open market with somebody else can get into eventually so as a founder as a uh, as a professional running the company i think you have to catch up with what your customer needs mm-hmm. so so i guess uh, I mean, I was going to ask you a few more questions down the line about the entrepreneurial experience, but I guess point you're making is you need to be able to recognize that the what that what your customers and the market is telling you may be a little bit different from what you thought, and you need to be able to accept that and move really quickly to embrace that. Absolutely. So you need to have a wide ear to be able to capture all the interactions. So, for instance, even on the platform, we have uh, intercom support. Uh, customers can write. and get real time response on the platform we have uh, yeah they can actually write a mail to our analyst team for any queries our product team also interacts with the customer so uh, you know we actually work with the customers on a daily basis uh, figuring out all the things that they need they are not able to instantly get onto the platform and then that is a key part of the roadmap which goes on to the platform as to what next we will be uh, launching on the platform mm-hmm. i i want to ask you about uh, Uh, in practical terms what it means uh, to prepare for and then starting moving towards you know the bloomberg for the private markets platform that you want to build uh, just to set that up i mean you already mentioned 50 countries and you know several customers so give us sort of that overall snapshot of uh, tracks and you know number of startups you track on a daily basis number of customers markets you are present in uh, you already mentioned the size of your team maybe total funding top investors sure so uh, traction we are among the uh, we are one of the largest uh, private market intelligence platform globally we are among the top 5 globally today uh, for anyone who wants to look at private markets technology sector startups uh, just to give a sense of the scale uh, we today work with more than 800 customers across 50 different countries which includes uh, vc funds pe funds as well as large fortune 500 corporations Right. We also work with governments, universities, etc. Right, um, and uh, in terms of the team, we are nearly 800 member team. Uh, you know, based out of Bangalore, but they work across the time zones. They cater to come uh, like customers. You know, across all the regions. And uh, in terms of our investors, so we are fortunate to have had uh, uh, you know very marquee funds like Elevation, Axel, Sequoia. be part of our journey and also angel investors like uh, mr ratan tata is an angel and mr nandan nilekhni um founders of uh, flipkart delivery are angels in our 
Yeah, total star cast of. Yeah, we're fortunate to have had you know good set of uh, investors. Some of them we actually knew in our previous avatar when we were investors, yeah. and uh, some we had the fortune of you know meeting after starting uh, traction. Uh, but yes, I think that is one thing that we blessed, and we've also benefited a lot from uh, just the uh, angels and the investors we have had uh, you know on board. Mm-hmm. Okay, now can you address this question in practical terms? What does it mean in terms of tech? What are the kinds of uh, skills and capabilities you need to develop on top of what you've already built? What kind of people will you need to bring in? And I know that in parallel there is a a public listing plan also going on. So maybe you can talk about all of that. Right. So I think um, so far we have built a good capability of technology as well as on uh, building data. as well as on the sector research right so we understand sectors in depth we understand what exist in blockchain what kind of markets exist within them we have built capability to take raw data and convert it into enterprise grade data which is not very trivial i think there's a lot of learnings curve there and on tech front i think we have among the most evolved platform among everybody that exists out there and i think in future we need to double down on some of these capabilities and become much larger we need to expand the offering that we provide to our customers as well as uh, make it more enterprise grade over time so that is one of the key things that we hear from our customers um i think uh, in future i think a lot more focus is on making sure that our platforms are very ubiquitous like when you go and meet any public market investors they just talk about bloomberg facts at refinitive as one of the key things that exist i think we are now focusing on making sure that we see lot more adoption in our customers they spend lot more time every day with us as well as take, taking it to as many customers as possible so that is these are the two core focus areas for us in the coming time mm-hmm. and uh, we feel that uh, from a platform perspective or from an offering perspective we are we have something very evolved now and uh, it is ready for uh, mass adoption and we need to work more closely on that so i think we will work more closely towards working with customers and adopting them and then distribution these are two big capabilities that we are going to work on and just to talk about our ipo plan so yes uh, when we started the company uh, we actually had the inkling that we want to become a listed company in some point in time in our journey and uh, you know when we were on our eighth year and when we were very close to sort of profitability which we thought as one of the criterias which the public market sort of rewards we actually uh, started our process of listing uh, in india and uh, you know this was before the time when uh, the tech stocks had started to list uh, in india and uh, uh, you know in fact like a lot of people in our uh, in our peer set did not see as this as one of the options uh, you know so but uh, i think uh, one of the reasons what motivated us is that we think that this is a very deep and growing market so we want to continue building this for the next you know 40 years uh, the best way to be able to build this uh while keeping the company efficiently run is to actually become a listed company so that was the initial thought process and uh, for us it was more around you know when we are uh we reach the uh, goal of profitability and the markets are right that's the time that we want to sort of start the process so that is when we started the process last year and uh, you know uh, we got the approval from sebi end of last year and uh, you know right now based on how the markets are whenever we get like a good window we are sort of you know looking to do the next uh, set of action to become you know a publicly listed company hopefully in india soon mm. okay uh, i know that you previously said that you know companies making enough money for you guys to not like seriously look at other funding rounds and things like that uh, so i'd imagine that's sort of the status quo until you get to the point where you will list publicly 
um fair enough uh, i did try to do some homework but one thing i uh, didn't check was uh, if customers can take decisions on a on a traction mobile app uh, mobile platform is that already there today and they've been using it right so there is a so most of our customers actually use it on the desktop uh, you know while they are working uh, you know they there we see most usage plus there are also customers which use on the go uh, which is so we have a mobile application for the same desktop application which mm-hmm. you can use all the things mm-hmm. and if you look at you know from the perspective so basically yeah wherever your customer wants to use it you want to be present there mm-hmm. and for us i think our module set is very rich so it's not that we are having one module uh you know which which you ported differently on a desktop or in a mobile for us i think th- there is a whole collection of modules mm-hmm. like you can look at a company profile you can look at cap tables financials you can look at a uh, sector you can look at investment trends you have workflow software wherein you know you can uh, manage your deal flow on the platform you have uh, you know excel plugins google uh, uh, sheet plugins so it is uh, it is a fairly rich uh, you know module rich sort of platform i would say uh, so that is why we had actually taken the call of uh, you know instead of making another platform on mobile which probably lags behind uh, the rate at which your desktop application is getting updated we actually have the same version for the desktop as well as mobile so as soon as our modules are getting launched on the desktop it also gets launched on the mobile Mm-hmm. Uh okay I'm I'm going to attempt this question a little bit it's in my mind bear with me if I'm kind of if I kind of stumble along it uh, I was just thinking you know for general folks like us the world of startups is still a little bit of a black box in the sense that uh, we don't really understand uh, how founders raise money uh, what is the a- actual process sort of behind the scenes I mean is it word of word of mouth or today is it more formal people can you know just send an email and a deck to some partners uh, etc uh, where i'm driving at is uh, is there an opportunity for traction to make some of these processes uh, much more efficient much more automated are you already doing it uh, does any of this make sense so we want to so uh, to answer your question yes we do want to make this process efficient that is one of the key aims of the company uh, we are solving it more from the investors perspective investors or the corporates perspective mm-hmm. uh, to give you an example uh, we as investors used to spend disproportionate time in scanning in finding out interesting startups right and on the other hand startup founders actually spend disproportionate time in meeting the right investors right uh, so there's a lot of information asymmetry that exists and if you are able to solve it in any way that obviously accelerates the whole process you know so that people are not struggling for just finding out the the right companies but they actually uh, spending time in the next phase of decision making so that is one of the key aims and we have solved it more from the investors uh lens that you know how can i give more data how can i give more data and tools to the investor to be able to uh find out interesting companies in you know in any city that is coming uh you know in india or as well as globally uh in very effortless manner when one of the things we learned from public markets is that you can have bloomberg you can also have google finance and the richest market is eventually bloomberg so we wanted to build an enterprise grade data platform for investors to be to enable them to make business critical decisions mm-hmm. and that is where big part of the puzzle is so we will launch some consumer facing modules which are more like uh, free versions or light versions which will eventually do but i think the core of the market is to build enterprise grade data for uh, investors
What do you mean by consumer-facing modules? Individuals can use it in what? So, way? in public markets, if you want to look at revenue of a company, you right. can investors will go to Bloomberg and do their work, but consumers can also look at Google Finance and get basic matrices. So, there is a light version which is consumer-grade and which is available to everybody. Mm-hmm. That is a product that we will eventually reach out to, and that will be more relevant for mass markets. We wanted to start with. Uh, segments of basically giving enterprise data to investors because they are going to make decisions there and that is what invest investors eventually pay for in every market that is the richest market so we wanted to start with that uh, yes yeah, so that's an interesting point today uh, sort of retail investor the so called aam aadmi probably doesn't have the opportunity to invest in a startup right i mean is that an opportunity for traction to facilitate by you know in a of course you can give them the information but still the the investment is not easy right because a startup founder is not looking for a individual like they're not looking for a million individual customers unless they're looking to crowdsource uh, so i'm just sort of open ended question what what kinds of things are you seeing uh, you know that interests you so that is correct so i, I think when we started uh, to give you an interesting one when we started actually the term unicorn did not exist mm-hmm. and if i were to say that i'm joining a venture capital fund to my parents they did not know what a venture capital fund you know exi- what is what is it they would know infosys tcs but they would not know a vc fund mm-hmm. uh, fast forward uh, you know now uh, everyone knows what a unicorn is you know my parents talk about unicorn uh, everyone knows the names of the top funds so obviously the uh, you know the it has become more prevalent right now you know it started with like a few set of investors uh, to now it everyone is aware of that so it's not just investors but also uh, retail investor angel investors family offices uh, who want some pie of this market they see a lot of action that is happening they see these companies scaling they are users of some of these services uh, so they also want to see if there's a way to participate in their growth story uh, so yes uh, coming to dog right now we do see lot more people interested in uh, finding out ways to participate in the startup growth story which is happening um, for us uh, you know so th- there are two ways to do it right like there is one way is to become uh, like a data platform to be able to do that the other way is to become a transaction platform to be able to help people participate in some of these rounds uh, typically what we have seen is that transaction is a very regulated market and it's also fairly cyclical in terms of the revenue which is there uh, what we have liked is subscription revenue uh, like even if you look at the public market equivalents large companies have been created on the back of you know subscription data revenues so that is the market that we think is uh, the core uh, cash rich market wherein we want to which will become the core of the company and that's where we started off with uh transaction something which is interesting which may end up solving but that is something that you have to solve you know country by country you have to work with the regulators be able to do that um uh, so and if you solve this then i think participation by a lot more retail investors you know it will it will help that mm-hmm. okay fair enough uh, let's briefly talk about some of your sort of entrepreneurial uh, experiences and from the context of uh, what others could take away from your very rich experience uh so so a little bit of a throwback uh when you started uh, developing traction uh at what point did you realize that you were on to something i think from the point that we started signing up the first paid customer mm-hmm. that was the time then we realized oh wow you know this is uh, this is this is 
this is happening uh, so initially for the first three months first one quarter we actually worked with some of the funds more in terms of helping with uh, the key uh, the key module the key data modules for instance the sector scan etc that we were working with but we were not charging money from them and the moment when we actually you know started charging and they were very happy to pay that is when we realized okay wow you know we are adding more uh, value than the than what they are paying for and uh, that is where we thought that the loop has sort of started absolutely so to actually add more color to what neha just said we went to uh, meet nea we went to meet lightspeed in us and and the first meeting they were they agreed to pay similarly in india like i had a quick call with matrix in the morning and in the by the in a day or two they came back and said they are happy to pay so when that loop started to close we realized that we are up to something which people are happy to pay that is when you know uh, you are you have sort of solved the problem and then you can build on top of that mm-hmm. taking a step back for both of us it was a market which was worth spending our lifetimes on before we figured out what to build we thought of this market and said if we do a great job eventually it will accelerate startup ecosystem it will help investors invest in companies more it will help startups raise money so from a cost perspective this was something we really want we both related to very strongly and we could use technology to solve that problem that was a topping on that and we said maybe we'll have five iterations we'll build something it will not work we'll build something else that will not work but in the fifth iteration we'll definitely get something but this was a cause worth spending time on we were very lucky that within three to four months i think we were able to find something which people were happy to pay for and uh, but i think for all founders i think you have to pick a problem which is worth spending next 30 years on mm. if you find a bad idea it will you will lose two years of your life but if it is successful if you're right you will end up spending next 30 years you practically spend most of your productive lifetimes in that mm-hmm. so it better be an idea which you you're so passionate about that you feel that some ups and downs won't deter you because there will be a lot of no's there will be a lot of non believers you meet every every day every other week mm-hmm. so you can hold your conviction only when uh, you really like the problem so much and mm-hmm. of course you will be a big success if the market is deep yeah, so in the first part you have to wear your emotional hat but in the stamps part you have to wear a very practical hat and make sure that both these answers areas yeah. so you should be passionate and the time should be large yeah. one is eq one is completely iq problem and you should spend enough time on both of them i think uh, because we were both vcs tam question was sort of always there in our head and it got answered very early and emotionally we both really connected to this problem that made the journey so much more easier otherwise building a company is exceptionally hard <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how uh, successful founders either know this or stumble upon this little piece of wisdom just to add to that in our case one of the other complexity of this problem was that it's a very greenfield market so for instance you know i it was not like i was building a crm and i could say to the customer that you know hey i have a better crm uh they weren't using any platform before this so i had to con- you know we had to convince customers that you know you should be using a data platform and this is how it looks like mm. so it was a new budget that was getting created i think that was the other interesting thing both in terms of us figuring out the product because it was not like a replacement product it was not like a better version of a- another product which existed so you had to think about the product upfront the secondly is also the budget was created for the first time so for the pricing you know when i have to do the pricing i have to say that you know see how much efficient i'm going to make the team and uh, that's why you know this is a very lo- uh, low price for what you're sort of paying and people were also sort of agreeing and uh, you know signing up so that added up but it was also like a new budget that was getting created <laughs> mm-hmm. 
at any point uh, or maybe along the way have you uh, kind of just thought about uh, what motivated you to be entrepreneurs in the first place i know that in the you've spoken about uh, coming from a marwari family in the past so and uh, fair enough uh, and in your case uh, i i listened to that interesting anecdote about uh, growing up in a brc colony so uh, just want to just curious about uh, what got you to be entrepreneurs rather than anything else so in my case i think um, a lot of my family members are running some small scale businesses or they are entrepreneurs in some ways so it was sort of natural in the family when you grow up there was a conversation around that would you want to do a job or would you want to start something of your own so that conversation was a part of your growing up and it was sort of given that that is a good meaningful option for me uh, at as i grew and as i got got more exposure i think i am now driven by taking one problem and solving it for the all relevant set in the world so now i'm more driven by that if each entrepreneur picks one problem and they really solve it well for everybody that takes world forward much faster mm-hmm. and that is a much bigger driver for me today than it it was before and i have a you know different way or reason for starting it so i obviously like as you rightly said i grew up in a colony uh, where half the people were scientists even my dad is like a nuclear scientist so you know you have you have born and brought up in a very academic environment and uh, if i look at my family you know hardly anyone did a business you know everyone was either a doctor or an engineer uh, you know working at corporation so uh, business was never uh, instant you know that i have to do a business as i was growing up and you know even my initial jobs were like as a consultant and as a vc and i would have happily continued you know in one of the professions uh, but for me i think uh, you know it, it was the the reason why i took the plunge is because this this was a problem that i really wanted to solve and uh, you know i'm happy to spend the rest of my life to be able to solve it for everyone so it was more driven by this is a very interesting problem that i want to see solved and uh, you know i want to do that and that is why you know uh, for me traction happened <laughs> okay uh, just as we begin to wrap up one sort of standard question uh, uh, about the the indian ecosystem i mean between the two of you i guess you've sort of collected a village around yourselves i mean 150 plus investments through traction labs and your own personal investments and so on uh, what do you like about the indian ecosystem today what gives you optimism and what are the things that you still feel are missing so i am very bullish on the indian ecosystem when we started as investors 10 years back there was uh, you know hardly any activity that used to happen as compared to what is happening today and today india is the third largest geography if you look at in terms of the number of unicorns that got created in terms of just the investment activity in terms of the startups which are there uh, so india has become sizable on the global map as well and uh, you know i uh, you know i'm actually fairly bullish that you know this trend is going to continue even if you look at indian origin startup is a big portion of the founders which are there even in us and so india has the talent to form large companies and as the initial set of companies are creating good talent pool uh, you know it is also creating good uh, your management teams which are able to scale companies and take them to a you know global map um to give give you an example for instance you know you have one zoho one successful startup but that has created so many other startups right you have one flipkart but that has created so many other founders who have worked in flipkart and then started their own companies uh, so i think that this this phenomenon is going to accelerate uh, that is why you know i feel that uh, you know india is going to create a lot of companies uh, for india as well as for global 
uh, users and uh, you know we definitely want to be part of it as uh, you know obviously as platform or you know as helping companies uh, uh, or like as investors as angel investors uh, to be able to you know uh, sort of be part of this growth which uh, which i believe that is going to accelerate in india so likewise i share the sentiment that um, this is a very very flourishing ecosystem i think i have never i could never imagine in 2008 9 10 that india would grow so fast uh, i think one thing that i really like about this ecosystem is that how much people are helping each other mm-hmm. uh, people are very collaborative people share deals people share um, learnings with each other or if you see all the successful founders or exited founders they are all investing their wealth in uh, investing in other startups so i think the amount of progress we have made in last 15 years is very very hard to imagine uh, and it was not 10 15 years back we used to talk about ease of doing business in the country and we used to think that that is a bottleneck but amount of progress we have made today we are debatably between second or third largest ecosystem globally and we are ahead of countries like uk germany japan which are very evolved economies and we have largely achieved this based on how much we have been able to help each other. We have not pulled each other behind, but we have sort of supported each other and moved forward. And I think that I think this is the most uh, beautiful thing about this ecosystem today. Mm. What would you say is missing? I mean, uh, interesting that you mentioned UK, Germany, one of the companies and uh, uh, sort of completely randomly uh, deep mind came to my mind. And I was just thinking, uh, the, you know, those, those economies are able to produce that kind of startups. and. So I guess, fair enough, we'll, we'll get there eventually. Uh, but as of now, what important things do you feel are missing in the Indian startup ecosystem? So one of the things that we used to say like few years back is just that uh, quality of talent that exists across different functions, be it in technology, be it in product, be it in sales, right? Uh, which I think India has come a long way. So one of the things that people say is very rich about Bay Area is because it's a whole ecosystem. You have people who have seen large companies who are uh, then uh, founders of companies in the same space. There's a lot of talent grooming which happens, which I think has also started to happen in India. So I think this was probably one of the missing things. For instance, you know, uh, a good example is uh, websites like IRCTC earlier, you know, which was formed in the first version where, you know, you as a user will have, uh, will literally pull your hair if you're transacting to now you have websites which, you know, you really enjoy to uh, to work on, to do transactions on very seamlessly it works, right? You have apps like a Swiggy or something which is very sort of smooth, good user experience. Uh, so that whole talent pool has come a long way. I think this was probably one of the missing things a few years back. But I think, you know, India has done an exceptionally good job because of the fact that it has been, you know, probably the back offices, a lot of MNCs earlier. There is IT companies which have created good talent pool. There are Indians who have worked in companies abroad and then come uh, back over here. Uh, there are large companies over here uh, which have created talent. So I think that gap is now bridged. And uh, to, to add to that, I think in, today India is probably behind US, maybe behind China or ahead of China in fundraise. But I think India can do with significantly more fundraise. I think the aspiration for entrepreneurs have turned out to be much larger than what we had imagined 10 years back. So, and uh, capital is a big accelerator for some of the innovation. So I think India can do significantly more with more capital. I think if we can work towards making it easier for domestic investors to invest in startups or attract more foreign capital, I think it will take us to a very different level. Today, I think we are 
maybe closer to 7 to 10% of total global dollar invested in startup ecosystem i think we can reach 15% if we put some initiatives today which will reap rewards in 5 years so just making it more predictable from a regulatory perspective taxation all of that is solved we make some incentives for domestic investors to invest in startup right now there is lot of uh, hurdles like the minimum check size is 1 crore to invest in an aif right most people don't have that kind of money maybe we reduce that bar or for that matter there was an uh, little bit of concern around angel tax earlier which got solved so if we don't put any hurdles and if we continue to make it seamless for domestic investors to invest in startups that will be a big booster all right excellent wonderful conversation neha uh, abhishek thank you again for making time for this definitely hope to keep the conversation going no thanks a lot for having us no it was awesome to be in conversation with you thank you so much that's it for this conversation You can find all our podcasts at forbesindia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.